Praise God. Can we continue to praise the Lord with another hand clap of praise and adoration for the greatness and the mercy of God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. We, we thank you for that greeting. This is only our first day of this deputation. And I'm excited to be able to share with you what the Lord is doing. However, I want you to know you had me this close to just weeping my eyes out because the presence of the Lord that is felt in this place. It is not by accident, but somebody has been praying, somebody has been believing, somebody has called on the name of the Lord and said, Jesus, won't you meet us here tonight? And thank you. That is the better welcome than just saying, welcome the O'Donnells. We thank the Lord for you for being able to welcome him into this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. It is great to be with Brother Arthur and Brother Arthur and Brother Arthur. Amen. Praise God. It's just so wonderful. I, I, I'm, I'm beside myself, really. I don't know where to begin. I was... Paul wrote and said, whatever state you're in, be content. I'm used to high-rise buildings. This week they got hit with a typhoon signal number 10 that was off the charts. It is the worst storm that Hong Kong has had since they've started keeping records. There was a video clip of a building that was swaying like this. We were in a typhoon last year, a year ago this month, and we were swaying. I got motion sickness, and I really don't get motion sickness. But when I'm standing and trying to walk down my hallway, and I really can't make, I was stumbling because of the swaying. So, but this building was just going like that. I'm, I'm used to high-rise buildings. We've been there like for 34 years this year. I'm used to mountains where my parents are from in Oregon. They live right by mountains, so I've got to always have something around me. But when I was just driving down this afternoon, I think we were late because I was slowing down a little bit because I was just content to be in the dried-out cornfields of Indiana. Praise God. And just to be able to walk into the presence of the Lord apologize for being late, but, but you guys had set it up. You guys are great in being able to bring in the worship, to bring in God's praise, and just to bring adoration to Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. And during that time, from our drive from wherever we were this afternoon, Hartford City, down to Richmond, I was thinking about when the Arthurs were in China, they had sometimes lived in Hong Kong, but another time they lived in China. In a city that is now the second most populated city in China with about 25 to 27 million souls. They planted a seed. And I was thinking about this, that they never knew how that seed would germinate. They never knew how that seed would grow. 
They never saw, foresaw. They probably had an idea that there is going to be a great church. And thankfully today we can report there is a church in the city of Shenzhen, Chinese people that love the Lord. But it came about because of a woman who was Taiwanese-American. She and her husband left California to work in China with his job. They were not in the church, but she had a love for the Lord, and she didn't know where else to go but to the government churches that are pseudo-Christian. They're not true church of God because they are told by the government of China what they can and cannot preach, what they can and cannot believe. They're told that anyone under the age of 18 years old cannot attend these services. And this year it's getting worse. There's a new crackdown that has begun. They gave us the date. They said, we're warning you. And if you don't comply with being able to register the name of your church, these house churches that are all over, we will come in and do destroy everything you believe in. They've, taken, they've had Bibles sold in China. We stopped smuggling Bibles in several years ago because you can buy them in the bookshops. Not anymore. Uh, Taobao is equivalent to Amazon. They took the Bibles off of there, off the Internet. You cannot purchase them. You cannot read, that, read the Bible on the Internet. Nothing of this kind. They are rewriting the Bible to match what they believe, the communist ideology of China. That's what they are trying to feed their people. But they have gone one step too far. Is we, have, we have, have this one woman who wanted to serve the Lord in any capacity. And she even told the Lord uh, uh, at a time when she was being attacked by a gang of, of, of teenagers. She said, Lord, if you let me get me out of this, I will serve you. That was before she was ever baptized. When she was baptized, she was teaching her two children, her two American children, teaching them at home because she did not want to put them into a school that was propaganda, propaganda uh, teaching propaganda. Uh, and so as she was teaching them, she was attending this government church. There was another woman from California that came to visit, began to speak to the congregation about the power of God. And there was something that intrigued Sister Jasmine. She wanted to know more. She went up to this lady who was preaching, who was allowed to preach in the church. Her name was Amy Wong, and she uh, ended up being baptized by Sister Amy. As she was teaching these two children of hers, attending this government church, soon there were people that came out of the woodworks and said, will you take my children in, Be being able to give them a good education. She had no idea that education was not her major in college. And yet when she was able to begin teaching, she got a hold of a UPC church in California and was able to get some material from them, uh, educational material, and she began teaching all of these children who could not get an education because they were second-born children in China. China has the one-child policy, and if birth is given to a second or third child, they do not get a birth certificate. So without a birth certificate means no education. She says, I can have up to 60 children just by word of mouth. And she has used this as a ministry, not only teaching the children the word of God, which is something that she could end up in jail for, but yet as she's teaching these children, the adults, the parents 
are beginning to question, how have you changed my child? What have you done? And when she begins to witness to them, she has been able to see the parents baptized in the mighty name of Jesus. And there is now a church that stands today. Praise God. A seed that has been planted many years ago by men and women that you know very familiarly. And uh, we believe, of course, that there may not be something down the road that we can pinpoint and say, look what I have done. Because God has spoken and said, if there's ever going to be a work in China, it will be the result of what I have done and not what any man can do and look and say, this is what I've done. I believe God is doing great and mighty things. That even though there is a fresh crackdown in that land, God has been able to get the foot in the door. Hallelujah. And that door remains open. It may be closed to the eyes of the world, but yet the door remains open today because there's a people that stand and said, we believe, hallelujah, that God is my healer. We believe that God is my savior. We believe that God is victorious in all ways, in all things. I believe today, hallelujah. But praise God, there are men and women that will go, and we want you to go to Hong Kong, to China. Uh, we now live in the city of Macau, but uh, we, we were able to see a church begin also in that area. But we have three different nations that we are missionaries to. And we want you to continue to pray and believe with us. We have just small magnets that you can put on your refrigerator to add to all the other missionary magnets you may have. But there is a Chinese phrase on here which simply says, Qingwei Zhongguo, Xianggang, Aomun, Qidao. And that simply is saying, please, for China, for Hong Kong, for Macau, pray. Praise God. We believe in prayer. We believe that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, God does answer prayer. And God is able to meet the, the, or answer the prayers that you pray for a nation that I don't even know what's going on with the trade war between the United States and China. I don't know who's really going to come out on top of that. I, I'm praying and that it's going to be the United States. And I believe that the government has taken steps to be able to make sure that China does not overtake us as the superpower. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you don't like the idea of, of us evangelizing in China, pray for us anyway. Praise God. Pray for the saints of God in China. Pray that they will be able to understand that though they may not have fancy buildings like we get to worship in tonight, they may not have the songbooks that we're, I guess we didn't have songbooks tonight, but you know what I'm talking about. We, we didn't get to sing songs with microphones and all of these other paraphernalia that we think we need to have church, yet there's a people that come together. It may be in secret, but yet they're going to feel a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And so you can be a part. And also we also uh, have the uh, partner in missions. I know you know the drill. Praise God. And, and, and uh, we're so thankful that Brother Arthur has been to Hong Kong. He was there just a year ago and uh, ministered in one of our churches they just had a ladies' conference. Uh, even though the typhoon was looming down on Hong Kong, they said, we're going to have church anyway. They brought in a special speaker from Malaysia, and they did have church. It was a fantastic meeting. We were able to catch glimpses of it on Facebook and uh, uh, Facebook Live or whatever. 
And then Saturday morning was a ladies' meeting. The ladies came together, even though the signals were going up, even though the rains began, even though the wind was blowing in, they still gathered together to have church. Praise God. And I believe, of course, that God does honor our attendance. Amen. You could have chosen to be somewhere else tonight. You could have said, well, I've got too much on my plate. I've got a lot on my plate too. Praise God. I thought enough with Macau, Hong Kong, and China was it for me. And I would walk away. I would have the sunset years knowing that I was able to to have served in these great locations. And then just about three years ago, they came to me and said, we want you to be LDI coordinator, leadership development. I said, okay, bring it on. I'll do my best. And then uh, a few months later, they came and said, we want you to be an area coordinator for East Asia. And I said, hold it. I said, I've got too much on my plate already. But it reminded me, of the time we went to a, a, a meeting in Bangkok. We were at the hotel, and there was an, a great breakfast buffet that came with the room. So my wife and I go downstairs. We're at the buffet. We put food on our plates, and, and we go back, back to our table. And there was a bunch of businessmen from India, and I guess nobody gave them the memo that you're supposed to take your plate and go sit down because they stayed at the buffet with plate in hand, just eating away, and whatever they didn't have on their plate, they had right there in the buffet table and would take it, as, and, and it just grossed me out. But then I got to thinking, in, in the spiritual world, we need to be that way. We don't need to walk away from the table the Lord has prepared. And when they've started giving me all these jobs, I'm thinking, okay, I've already got too much on my plate but yet I know that I cannot do it by myself. I need the help of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God has been gracious. We've been able to uh, work with many different pastors in the different areas of Korea. We do have Koreans that are getting ready to go into North Korea. That's hush hush. Don't spread the word. But amen. God is moving in that land. And uh, we also have ministry in North East China of Koreans that have come out of North Korea. We, have, of course, are responsible for Mongolia. We've been praying for Mongolia for many, many years. We now have a missionary that has been working in Latvia. He's now on his way to Mongolia to open the door in Ulaanbaatar. We, of course, are responsible for China as well as Japan. Japan is just phenomenal in growth. The Lord has brought many missionaries on the AIM program to that land. And there's been a great growth among the, the uh, different churches. And their one key area is Bible school training. They have opened up Bible schools even to the heathen. And you think, oh my Lord, how can that ever work? It's because they recognize we've got to reach these people. If we're going to have any impact, if we're going to have any influence, we've got to bring them in on, on the ground floor. Teach them the word of God. Teach them the truth of the word of God. Amen. It will not leave them. And now some of these Bible school students are uh, starting daughter churches throughout the land of Japan. Great things happening there. Taiwan is also a responsibility as well as Hong Kong and Macau. Amen. I, I'm tired just talking about it. Praise God. But again, I can't do it by myself. God is my help. God is my guide. I've also got help in the fact that 
I married a woman that I would, when I dated in Bible college, I wanted to find out who is going to go to China with me. So I would actually ask the ladies in Bible school, what do you think God has in mind for you to do? They would all, big church, lots of people. That means driving BMWs and Mercedes. I don't know, maybe a BMW, I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. But, but then there was one young lady that said, I feel God has called me to be a missionary to China. And I said, honey, there's no reason for you to go alone. We may as well join hands. Let's go together. get up these stairs now. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. And it is such a joy of ours to be here. And uh, like I was telling, I believe, Brother Arthur, Junior Arthur, <laughs> that uh, I was so excited to be here because we know the people. We know Brother and Sister Arthur, and it's so exciting to, that's, that's the one fun thing about deputation is at least you get to see friends and family along the way you go. So, of course, we have a long history with Brother and Sister Arthur. They came, I believe, in 1983, 84, the same year we came. And we came in April. Oh, that's right. We were there before you, I believe. We came in April of 1984. And uh, then I believe you guys, May. Okay, so the next month. Anyway, so we have a long history, and we appreciate these folks so, so much. And to be honest with you, we learn a lot, even from them. And uh, I appreciate the mentoring that you gave to us. And just listening to them and, and seeing how they would do things and, and everything, it inspired us, and it helped us as young missionaries. You have to remember, I was 27 when we first went to Hong Kong, and I'm turning 62 in uh, December. So that's quite a few years. But I thank the Lord as a young uh, missionary there that we had Brother and Sister Arthur there to help us. And uh, we do appreciate all the prayers. Sister Arthur says, I pray for China every day, revival in China. Thank you, Jesus. Because many years we have all been praying, and we're seeing results. We're seeing the, the Chinese hearts are just so tender now. And uh, I believe there was a period of time that they went through where they had started becoming prosperous, and they had started just, uh, you know, ignoring God, and that hunger was not there, but now they are realizing, after all these prayers, they are realizing they're having so many pro marital problems, they're having so many children problems, they have over a billion people, a billion and a half people, and the government themselves don't know what to even do with all these people, and of course, we just, we have the answer. We're like, if you will just only allow Jesus, because only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Just allow him into. And so now that they're trying to clamp down again this year, uh, we've still seen such growth. We have a, a great group in Guangzhou also going on. And my husband might tell you more about that later on. But, you know, God, there's... No government can keep out the Spirit of God. 
You know, like the Chinese say, they can take away my Bible. They can burn my Bible. They can burn all of our literature, do whatever they want to me. They can even arrest. In fact, it was not our group, but there was an uh, article that was sent to us. And we're still trying to figure out what group it was. But in Beijing, they were uh, uh, coming in just last month. They went in and arrested a whole group of uh, believers, there had to be at least 50 to 100 believers, I mean not believers, I'm not real sure on that, <laughs> but they were speaking in tongues as they were being arrested. So I'm not sure what group they're with, but I said, Lord God, it touched my heart. I said, Lord, you know, help them to know even though they are being arrested, I pray that the Jesus name baptism will reach them and possibly they were, I'm not sure. But I thought, Lord God, we are so blessed here. We have so much freedom. Of course, we don't know how long the freedom even here in the United States. My uh, grandchildren, they live in Dearborn, Michigan. It's the largest Muslim community there. And there are things that even my grandchildren don't realize some of the things that they're saying that I know, I, you know, I correct them and I say, no, we don't think that way. We don't say it that way. We don't do it that way. But I thought, Lord Jesus, even here in America, we need revival. And so I'm praying for the world because I know Jesus Christ is coming soon. But I do want to say thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for Mother's Memorial, for all the, the refrigerator stove washer dryers that we receive it's such a blessing to us and uh, we truly appreciate all that you do for missions and I do want to say uh, I am mainly involved with our ladies ministry and as my husband mentioned about the ladies conference that just happened Friday night and Saturday and praise the Lord that the the typhoon was held back the signal long enough that they could have that great revival of the ladies' conference, and they sent me pictures, lots of pictures, and it was so exciting to see our Chinese ladies, their hands raised up high, worshiping the Lord, continuing on with the truth. We had one lady in one of the uh, Chinese church there. She uh, was just walking along the side of the sidewalk, and she seen a church. The, of course, like the Arthurs know that we all live in high-rise buildings. Well, our churches are all in high-rise buildings. And so she's seen the sign, though, on the level, on the ground level, United Pentecostal Church. And so that lady, she walked in, and she told Pastor uh, John Chan, she told him, she says, I know I need to be baptized. Wow, only the Spirit of God can do that in Hong Kong. Only the Spirit of God. And so the, he baptized her in Jesus' name, and she served the Lord for many years until she died. But, you know, it's the power. It's not by my, it's not by power, actually. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by God's Spirit, God's power that draws men unto, uh, unto the church there. And then we just celebrated our 34th, anniversary there at the international church but we invited all the Chinese churches to join us in a joint effort at this anniversary service and so there was probably over 800 that attended 
the service there. And we had an evangelist actually from the United States that was there that was preaching for us. But in the three days that we had this service, uh, special services, we were really, we said, Lord, people need to receive your spirit to live in this world. They need to be baptized in your precious name. And they need the spirit of God to lead and to guide them. And so as we all were been praying for months for this service and then God he did a miraculous work there even our Chinese which was so exciting to see we had 139 received the gift of the Holy Ghost in just those three days I said whoa Lord you are truly showing miracle signs and wonders and then we had some of them our evangelist he focused on healing and then uh, we had several people, they said, we believe it. And they even were taking off their glasses. They said, I, no, by faith, I see better. And, and some of them even could not hear very well. And they said, my ears, I can hear it's loud noise here. I thought, thank you, Jesus. How many years have we been praying, Sister Arthur? Many, many years to start. Now we're reaping. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the missionaries that have planted the seeds that started the churches there in Hong Kong. We appreciate it so much. To God be the glory. To God be the glory and the honor for the great things that he does. And so I just thank you so much for your prayers. We also, during that three-day, uh, we had 39 be baptized in the name of Jesus. And one of our Chinese uh, uh, pastors, he says, My, this man has been trying to get the Holy Ghost this whole last year. And she, he says, he got the Holy Ghost. And they were shouting. And I was saying, thank you, Lord. You do miracles. And you are in the saving. But it's all it takes is just a little faith. Just a little faith. And when, they, when the authority of the word goes forth, when that authority of his word goes forth, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Ghost, and God will fulfill his promises. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. We love and appreciate you. Praise God. I brought her up here to advertise her book. She has a book for sale. Jesus got carried away in the Holy Ghost there. Praise God. But uh, we don't have anything for sale. Like I said, this is our first day. We're getting ready for conference. So if you're going to be at conference, stop by our booth and we'll let you buy whatever you want to buy there. But she does have a book that she's written. Uh, it is for the proceeds to go toward ladies' ministries. Not only do we have the Chinese ladies' conference in September, she also conducts the ladies' conference uh, uh, Chinese New Year which is usually held in January, February. So the proceeds will go to that ministry to be able to help uh, with the over costs or all the uh, expenses for those conferences. And uh, hopefully she'll be able to share some of the funds to be able to help with literature. We do. Uh, we stopped carrying Bibles into China because, like I mentioned, you could, you could have purchased them on the bookshop, in the bookshops. Uh, and we were basically focusing on apostolic material that was very difficult to find anywhere in Asia. And so now we may have to go back to taking Bibles in. We don't know uh, what the future does hold. 
But it's exciting because when God begins to do a work, you don't know the end result. Sister Jasmine, when she was conducting this school, this educational facility in her apartment, she did get a visit from the police. And they wanted to film in action everything that was going on. But she noticed that the police officer with the camera did not focus on the children. She, he, she was, he was just focusing on the pictures on the wall. And then she even had a cross hanging in her living room, and she told the police officer. She was sort of upset. She goes, you want a picture? Take a picture of the cross. He said, oh, that's not necessary. And so we, we didn't think anything of it. We thought, well, the Lord's victorious. He's not allowed them to really see anything that the children are being taught the word of God and such. But then a few months had passed, and there was another visit by the police in her apartment because she's conducting this illegal school for children. And they came in, and they gave her a warning, and we thought this is the end. She's no longer going to be able to work in this school or have these children come, but yet it was a good thing that happened. When the police showed up, of course, it scared the parents, it scared the teachers, but yet God had a plan. When all of these children, I think they got up to about maybe 20, 25 in a small apartment being taught, yet when she went to the security guard over the complex, she talked to him about what was going on. And he said, well, let me let you meet the owner of the building. She met the owner and the owner then gave her an, a second apartment where she could separate the kids in age groups so that there would not be so many people in one small apartment. What we thought was meant for evil, God turned and was victorious and allowed the, the educational facility to grow. Of course, one of the facilities is now used as a meeting place for the, for the Sunday group when they come together. God knows what he is doing. Hallelujah. And if we would just realize that there's no power within our own hand that we truly need the help of the Lord, it will make our job so much easier in being able to live for him and to do what is right. If you could stand with me and, and turn to the book of Psalm chapter 68, begin reading in verse 18. We will find out that we are not enough and we need to stop trying so hard to live life. And if we would just surrender to God, He would make it so much easier for us. Problems don't go away. As a child of God, you will still have affliction. There will be trouble but yet holding on to the hand of the master will help us to get through the valleys, to be able to climb to the mountaintops so much easier than just treading all by ourselves. Praise God. And here's the reason why I believe this. Psalm 68, verse 18. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Salah. 
He that is our God is the God of salvation. And unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. Then look at verse 33. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. He doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Can we lift our voices to the Lord right now? God, speak to us in this place. Minister in every heart. Thank you, Lord, for every soul that is gathered here tonight. Uh, and we pray, God, that we will be able to leave this place changed and impacted once again by your word. Uh, minister unto us in this place today and we'll give glory, thanks, honor unto your wonderful name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we just say his name together? Jesus. One more time. Jesus, hallelujah, you may be seated. Praise God, praise God. We don't have all the answers. We need to come to that realization very quickly if we ever think we're going to survive. Praise God that the Lord himself is able to show in different situations, in different things, and in different ways, he will make himself known. Now he, like it was mentioned tonight already, there is a will of man that God will never interfere with. There is a free choice. We thank God for that. He's not made us cookie-cutter Christians. We are individuals with personalities. And sometimes our personalities don't get along with other personalities. Thank God in the church that when we come together... We have a mix of personalities. We have a mix of ideas. But yet it is the, the first and foremost, uh, uh, the word of God that is binding us together, being able to make us one in him. And I believe that that voice of God is still heard in our generation. But yet the voice of God that is heard in the world today is you and I, the church of the living God. Let the voice go forth. But because you have had affliction, because you have been in the hospital, because you may have lost your job and you ever wondered, will I get another one? Because you have seen circumstances within your own family that would make you question, is God for real? Remember you have a voice and whatever circumstance you find yourself in and whatever situation you've got to go through, hold on to the hand of God and allow Him to be able to get you through it because when you get to the other side, you have a voice. The voice of God that will minister to those in the world that know Him not. You know what you've been through. You know what you have suffered. You know all kinds of ill repute that have been spoken about you. You know the lies that have been said. But hold your head up in the name of the Lord Jesus. And let the word of God continue. 
Do not allow other voices to influence the voice of God that is in your life. Once you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is not to make you a happy, clappy Christian. It is not to make you feel good inside, but that's one of the benefits of having the Holy Ghost. But there's got to be a reason why the Aaronic blessing was given to the children of Israel, which said, may the Lord God bless you and keep you and multiply you and all of these things. There's got to be a reason why that was mentioned. There's got to be something in the Word of God that teaches us and shows us that God blesses for a purpose. And again, it's so great to talk about the blessings of the Lord. It's good to talk about the material blessings that are ours because of God's blessings upon us. It's good to be able to say, I can sit in this air-conditioned building and feel comfortable when I go to church. It's always good to have these things, but there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a purpose behind it. And it's more than just making us feel good about ourselves. Hallelujah. My wife can tell you about being in a church. Chennai, India. She was ministering in a ladies' conference. Thank God it was her and not me. I went along to carry her bags. But she was preaching Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, uh, maybe even Friday evening. But uh, there was like, uh, what was it, 50 degrees Celsius would be about 100 plus in Fahrenheit. And there was no air conditioning. And this lady had suffered a heat stroke. We had taken a trip in China and we were out in the sun and she suffered a heat stroke. And so heat and my wife just don't get along. And she's thankful for the blessing of the air conditioning in this place tonight. <laughs> and and uh, so she was there ministering and she could tell you all about what she was feeling physically and emotionally and uh, and after preaching and, and teaching and carrying on in church, then the pastor and his wife, they wanted to take her to the slums of Chennai to be able to pray with people. And the stench and the, and the muck and the mire that these people were living in, but yet they were a people that needed God. They were a people that were so broken uh, uh, financially and physically and all kinds of demons that were in control of their lives hallelujah but yet when we talk about the comforts we've got to realize it's good to be able to have these comforts but it's also good to be able to get outside of our comfort zone there are blessings that you and I take for granted and I'm not just being a missionary come to tell you that hey you, you've got it so good you've got it too good I'm not here I'm thankful for what God has given us as a nation I'm thankful for the, 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 the word that goes forth from this nation. But yet we've got to come to an understanding that it's not always going to be America that has the answers. And the reason I mention that is my wife made reference to the church in Guangzhou. That church was actually begun by a Canadian. Thank God for the Canadians that have joined the United States to be able to send out missionaries. But now that we have nations that will not allow North Americans to come in to minister, we've got to look elsewhere. We've got a church full of believers uh, down in South America. We've got them in Europe. We've got them in Africa. Why aren't they going out? 
And they might say, give the excuse, it's because they don't have the funds. Well, hey, America has the funds. We'll send you. You go and we'll finance it. I heard a tongues and interpretation many, many, many years ago that went, was spoken in general conference. And it said, United States will not have to suffer as much as the rest of believers in the world will suffer. But it's because I need a financial base and I thank God that we have the financial base here in America. We cannot feed all the world. I recognize that. We're not really into social gospel. I believe that it is a help to be able to minister to people about what we can give them. But what is more important is that we teach them that they can be saved. That they can provide for themselves. They can trust the Lord just as much and that if they give God will bless it's in the word of God and God is no respecter of persons and so it was that this Canadian who started the church in Guangzhou was going to return to Canada and yet there was a young couple from the, from the country of Colombia they were baptized in Jesus name in Colombia they grew up they were born and raised in an apostolic church in Colombia and yet he had a business that brought him to China about twice a year. Every time the Canton Fair was open, he was there to be able to bring his, or, uh, to bring his cash to buy the goods to send to Colombia to be sold. And so every day that he would be in China, he would walk the streets as, uh, on his job, in, on his business, and be able to pray. So he told his wife, he said, let's move to China and soon they found this apostolic church. And when the Canadian pastor was walking out the door, this young man who is not pastor or was not a pastor said, uh, you've got to take this church. And I tell you, he came to me and he said, I don't know anything about pastoring. I said, well, good luck. And so he, he knew one thing. And he was still working his job. But he knew one thing is that I've got to pray. I've got to trust the Lord because I cannot do it by myself. The next thing he did was to quit his job to live full time on his savings so that he and his wife could go to university to study the Mandarin language. She doesn't even speak any English. If we want to talk to her, we got to talk to her in Chinese. He speaks a little bit of English, and so it's easier to communicate with him. But yet they began praying, and they began believing, and they began knowing that, hey, God, what he did in Colombia, he can do right here in China. You try to tell him he cannot have a Latin American-style revival, he will not believe you because he's already proven that if you just trust the Lord and believe that God can save souls, and if you open up your mouth and be able to minister, you are the voice of God that the Lord is being able to send out into the world, and His voice has been heard in that city. We've had another church for many, many years, and they've always just been small. They've always said, oh, we can't do it because we're in China. We've always been able to have just small groups because if we grow too large, then the government will come down on top of us. Well, Brother Rincon, Jason Rincon and his wife have now a congregation that is large enough 
that yes, the police come knocking on their door. The police question what they're doing in China. And they are just so bold to be able to let them know I am a pastor of New Life Fellowship. And they gives him the address and says, if you want to come visit, you're welcome anytime. I told him, I said, when the police do have a crackdown in this church, I don't want to be anywhere near you because they're going to come down hard and heavy because of the enemy that they're working for. And I believe, of course, that the Lord does protect Jason and his family. I was telling him, I said, you know, you're a regional missionary sent from Colombia by the South American church, and we've got to have some reports. And so his report came to me right before we left Hong Kong. He said, uh, I just had a visit from the police. And that was enough for me. I said, we're praying for you. We have people that try to secretly say we are PR-Y. I think the Chinese government, who is the greatest hacking society in the world, knows what PR-Y means. So, and we don't talk about being able to go swimming. I'm sure you've heard that from other missionaries, that we've had three gone swimming today. They know the lingo. They know the secret code among Pentecostals. I like when uh, Jenny Miller was working in China she would always call us up with her report, and she would say, we went to Joel's bar, and five got drunk. <laughs> and she was the one that taught us also, water, drinking water in China is atrocious, bad. So everybody is now buying water filters. So she'll, she would write to us when she worked there. She would say, I need about 10 manuals for the water filters that were just purchased. <laughs> I said, okay. But this other stuff, PR-Y, they know what the email says, and they're not really interested in finding out if you're praying or not. So I just told Jason, I said, we're going to America. We will pray for you. It's something that we really can't quite grasp, how, what it's like to have a knock on the door from the police. I got pulled over just a couple weeks ago. I picked up a vehicle in Mississippi. I was driving to Texas to get tags, and they had taken off the Mississippi tags. And I said, how do you think I'm going to get to Texas? Oh, it's going to be okay. That's the way we bought our car from Alabama. I thought, my Lord. I said, you went from Alabama to Mississippi. That's that's okay. I'm going from Mississippi to Texas. I've got three states to go through, and you're saying that everything's going to be all right. And so sure enough, I got pulled over. Made me so nervous. As I'm sitting there, he walks up to the site, because you know, I've been hearing stories of what's going on in America. You know, guns pulled out and everything. They got, you know, you're surrounded by 10 cars and all. So I'm sitting there. He says, hi, I'm Travis White with the Decatur Police Department. I said, hi, I'm Steve O'Donnell from Hong Kong. And, of course, you can imagine the thought. <laughs> I said, I, I really am. And I pulled out my wallet. I have my ID card, and I showed it to him. He says, I believed you first time around, but I was just so nervous about it. Now, why did I say all that? I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, you don't know what it's really like when a policeman comes knocking on your door to be able to tell you that you are a Christian and we're coming into your house to interrogate you to find out what you're doing. You don't know what it's like 
until it happens. Yeah, this man knows. He could tell you all about it. But yet, Jason, I don't think he was afraid. I don't think he was, a, I don't think he was scared at all because he has the boldness of the Lord. This is the man that he told his young, new converts, it's Christmas time. We're going to take some Bibles that I got for free. I've got 3,000 Bibles, and I, we've got to get rid of them. So let's go down to the street, and we're going to sing Christmas carols on the street and pass out these Bibles. I said, Jason, <laughs> this is China. But he has a zeal for the Lord. And to reach the lost, he's got a voice and a voice that needs to be heard. I'm so thankful that we may not know what the end result would be. Because if we did, it may scare us even more. But when God puts that voice in you, your, the spirit of God that is working in you, the heart that is tender to him, and you want to, to do things. And this is what I'm telling our, our people in Hong Kong. He said, don't try so hard to live for God. Because when you do that, you're going to try to then interject your own ways, your own thoughts, your own ideas. All you need to do is first fall in love with Jesus. When you fall in love with him, and then he is able to speak to your heart and minister to you in such way that you recognize that is the voice of the Lord. Whether it be an audible voice or whether it be something that he touches you in your heart, you know you've heard the voice of God. And when that voice touches you and knowing that you've fallen in love with him, you have no greater desire than to be what he wants you to be. To do what he wants you to do. To speak what he wants you to speak. But first of all, just get in love with him. And then everything else will fall into place. Praise God. Everything else will come into place. And when that happens, then there will be opportunity for your voice to be heard. There will be people that God will put in front of you that you have no choice but to say, this is what the Lord has done for me. And let me share with you, if he's done it for me, he can also do it in your situation. We had to learn that uh, in a very special way. And I'm excited to be able to share this with you. If I came in 2012, I don't know what I would have said to you. Because we had never had cancer in our family. We had never seen it in all the years that I've known my parents, my brothers and sisters. I've never known it in any of my in-laws or any, any uh, outlaws as well. But yet when God uh, allowed our son-in-law... To be able to have a brain tumor, I can tell you the rest of the story that God is a miracle worker. That God's power is so real. He was diagnosed in April of 2012. He had surgery and they it was in the, uh, the what part of the brain? The, the, where it makes hands move and such. The motor skills. It was in the part of the brain that dealt with the motor skills. When they went in, they went in saying it was category two, stage two. When they finished sewing him up, they said it's stage three. He went into chemo and radiation for six weeks simultaneously, trying to attack this. 
when he would go for an MRI, I think it was in August, they said, things look good, it's still there, we can't take it out, otherwise we would kill you. By October, he went for another MRI. When the doctors came to his room, they said, we've got some terrible news, you are now at stage four. Stage four cancer means we want to operate just to investigate, just to be able to learn something about the brain, and then we will sew you up, send you home to die. He was working with, with a pastor that was wanting to turn the church over. It was a small home missions work. Yet it could not be done because we don't know if we're going to have a pastor next week. So they sent him to the operating table. They began to open him up. They saw on the MRI where the new tumor was located that was not there the previous six months. When they cut him open, they could not find anything. Not one single tumor except the, small, the, old, the old tumor that was shrinking. They could not believe their eyes, so they sent a biopsy to the lab. That biopsy came back and it said, clear. They were not convinced that the lab technician knew what he was doing. They sent a second, third, fourth, fifth. Finally, nine biopsies were sent to the lab, and every single one came back clear. They sewed him up. They sent him home. The, next, the following week, he went back for a follow-up visit, and the oncology nurse was walking around the corner holding a sheaf of papers, and she threw those papers in the air when she saw Nathan and Monica come around the corner. She said, you don't know what God has done for you. And they listened to her as she explained to them, if you were at the age of two years old and you had any type of cancer in your body, the cancer should show up in the biopsy to say you had cancer, but they could not find anything to say that there was ever a cancer in your brain because God had already taken it. God had already done the miracle. God had already done the work, and to Him we give praise and glory and honor. But what I'm trying to say to you tonight, you've got a voice that God has given you. You've got a story to tell. You've got mountains that you've had to climb. You've got valleys that you've had to go through. You've had situations in your life that you ever wondered, am I ever going to get out of this? But your story becomes God's story. And His story in you is what the world needs to hear about the great God we serve and the power that is His and the might that is in His name. Can we just praise Him? Can we just glorify Him? Can we just say, God, you are an awesome God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, that's all right. Go ahead and jump in. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, you may be seated. Hallelujah. I, I'm not getting used to this thing about preaching in America. I'm, I'm the guest speaker, and I'm supposed to ask the pastor, and I forgot tonight to ask Brother Arthur, when does church end? No, you can't say that. You don't know, you don't know preaching in China. <laughs> 
Praise God. Colossians. I'll be right behind you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. I'm so glad to know he was fully man and fully God. Hallelujah. Fully man and fully God. And he lived his life fully engaged with his whole heart, his whole mind, his whole body. Hallelujah. All the emotions were in him. As a man, he was fully connected to his heavenly father, but yet he was connected to those around him. We need to learn about that. We meet people every day of our lives. Do they really know where, what church we attend? Do they really know what we believe? Yeah, they look at you women and they see that, yeah, you still have your hair up. You still wear their long dresses. You still dress modestly. But there's a lot of denominations. We have a group in Hong Kong. They're called the no name, no church people. We walk up to them, greeting them, thinking they might be a Pentecostal visiting from America. Hi, praise the Lord. Do I know you? I like to say no, but you're going to get to know me because I'm very aggravated right now that you just can't be nice and kind and that you can't just let me know who you are and where you're from and what you're doing here. That's not my territory. That's God's territory, but, you know, but they, they walk around. They look like our ladies. They dress like our ladies, but they're not our ladies, thank God. And uh, we've seen other groups. Uh, in fact, there's a group in China dressed very modestly. You find out what they believe, and it's far from even what Christians hold dear to their hearts. And so it's not your dress that is going to impress. Hey, and I just thought of that. That sounds good. It's not your dress that's going to impress, but it's your voice. It's your story that God has given you. It's your life that you have lived. Has it been easy? Not at all. Has it been a, a bunch of roses? Well, yes, there's roses, but there's also thorns among the roses. I'm not going to say it's difficult because I know that as I hold on to the hand of God, he's able to get through situations. I won't go into this very much, but we just uh, 2016, uh, the auditor sent their papers in for the church to the government. The Inland Revenue took a look at the papers, and they were not pleased with what they saw. And they almost shut us down, taking away our charitable status, which would, would have been paramount to saying goodbye Hong Kong. And I thought, man, <laughs> what, what, what would I do in walking into Hong, uh, to headquarters and saying, you know, I thank God for the 30-plus years we were there, but, you know, we had to close the doors and shut down the church because of, financial problems and issues that were not even mine. And so we began working diligently, began working hard, began thinking every day I wake up, you know, we're going to see a victory. And then another letter would come in saying we want more information. I said it, it could be a conspiracy that China's behind us all. I could get into that and go with it. But, but it happened. Am I glad? No. Not glad that it happened but glad to see that God was there step by step, day by day, walking us through it. 
Praise God. And when we begin to see the Lord do the work, you've got to stand back and say how great you are. How wonderful you are, oh God. How merciful you are. Situations may not change. Because when you leave this church tonight, I know it's going to happen to me. I think everybody's so lovey-dovey and let's, you know, just have a hug fest, you know, because what I feel right now in the spirit. But I walk out these doors and there's going to be a people that are going to hate me. They've never met me, but they're going to be, their spirit is going to catch something about your spirit. But oh, to know that we've been with the Lord and that he does not just stay resident here in Oak Park Pentecostals, but that he goes with his people he travels with you every day that you go to work, when you go to school, God's there. Hallelujah. So you've got a story to tell. You've got a voice, and it is the mighty voice of God. Hallelujah. That we are able to share with others the things that God is doing. When you begin to share it, will they always receive it? Will they always accept it? I believe that there is a majority that will not. But that's where prayer comes into play. Hallelujah. That whenever there's a prayer meeting, you call their name in prayer. Whenever you have an opportunity to be at work, if it's one of your colleagues, praise God that you can silently pray and be able to minister to God right there in the workplace, allowing God to do something special in their heart. We want to just drag them to the church. Well, maybe it's not going to be in this building where they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's going to be a Bible study that you have taught them. Maybe it's going to be in their kitchen where they are able to hear the word of God played out. And you're able to share with them the, uh, the way that you came to the Lord. And how your family was one to Jesus. And how God's got a hold of you. And he is something most precious to you. Because his voice is great. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet together? Hallelujah. I have never been able to, to fully comprehend all there is about God. I don't have all the answers. But I do recognize that God is fully present in your life, connecting to you so that you, in the purpose of God's plan, connect with others. That God, that Jesus himself was fully aware of the mission that he was to accomplish. He did not go in. He was not blindsided by it all. He was not caught unawares. He knew that his job was to save the world. And only he could save the world. I am not China's savior. I have never said that Hong Kong will be saved because of me. But I have said that they will be saved because of the mercy of God. Because of the mercy that where his blood flowed and that he cleansed us and made us whole and made us white. Praise God that we are able to be subjected not just to what we think or want to know about God. But what God himself has shown us through his own life, through his own ministry, that he was fully confident in his provision to accomplish the purpose of salvation. When we see him, when we look upon his face, he will be the one that we adore. He will be the one that we get all excited about. It's because of the work that he accomplished. I have found this pattern in the life of Jesus, that when I begin to encounter him, I am given the privilege to know him better 
and to live in his strength and live in his abundant grace and to allow his spirit to work through me instead of me always striving, always trying to spin my wheels and get nowhere. But I have found this pattern in Jesus' life. He says, I am the bread of life. He's the bread of life. I am not. He says, I am the light of the world. He's the light. I am not. He says, I am the door. He is the door. We are not. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. We are not. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. When he sends out his mighty voice, that will be a voice that speaks from your own heart, from your own thoughts, from your own experiences. But it is a life that God has lived through you. Hallelujah. You know, when you get a, so thirsty, you know, even Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola won't do. You want the water that will quench that thirst. And some of you may be so thirsty tonight in the spirit. But praise God, what an atmosphere of praise and worship that has gone up to help us to realize if you want a drink of water, come to the living water. Let him quench your spiritual thirst. Hallelujah. Because you have been trying to be the bread. You have been trying to be the light. You have been trying to be life and your trying is not enough. And you can never seem to accomplish what you have set out to do. But you allow that Spirit of God to come in your heart. You allow the Holy Ghost to overwhelm you, to wrap His arms around you, to be inside of you, to saturate you with it all. And you will not be disappointed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And you will find that the thirst that you have in your life uh, the craving that you have for just a drink of water will be satisfied but hallelujah God's not going to wipe away your memories God's not going to wipe away the experiences uh, but that's part of the journey that you've been on that's part of the story you need to tell that's part that the world needs to know hey I used to be where you are I used to walk in the shoes that you now walk. I used to live in the lifestyle that you live. But there was a grace of God that overwhelmed me and saturated me. And in the power of His might, I can speak His voice. I can share in the things that God wants to do in you, praise God, because what He has done and accomplished in my heart. Hallelujah. I don't know what the custom may be here in this church, but I just feel it would be a great opportunity. Can we come together at the altar? And can we just call upon the name of the Lord together? Can we pray for one another? Can we believe that no matter what experience you go through, that there is a God and His name is Jesus. And He has a voice to give to you tonight to open your voice and be able to praise Him, to glorify Him, to magnify His name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, 
he does hear. Amen. The Bible said he knows the words in our mouth before we speak them. Let me say that again. He knows the words in our mouth before we speak them. Amen. Thank you, Brother O'Donnell, Sister O'Donnell. Thank you for your work that you've done there, what you're doing. Still willing to do it. Amen. They have two daughters, two grandchildren. I don't know how many grandchildren. Three, four? Four grandkids. Amen. Separated from them for months on end. See them very soon. Amen. Pastor has this little one here. He can't hardly go without a few hours without seeing. Amen. Praise God. You're going to have a baptism? Amen. Amen. The thing that really gets me when I hear a missionary, I wonder why we have to get old. Amen. This will be my 80th year around this world. Amen. I ask Brother why do we get old? And I said, I don't know. It's just part of life. Amen. I wouldn't dare to express my feelings to the young people of this generation. Amen. Amen. I used to testify the fact when I came to the Lord, I wore a black leather jacket and rode a motorcycle. It was true. I used to say I wasn't, I thought I was one of hell's angels, but I really wasn't. Just thought I was. But really, if I had to live over again, not for the devil, but I would sure give the devil a black eye many, many times over. Amen. I would pray that you would take what he heard you heard tonight serious. Amen. He cannot do it alone. We cannot do it all, but with he with us and the man of God and God we can do everything we can be more than conquerors that's what it's all about so I guess you want me to go ahead and dismiss the congregation we'll, they're going to have a baptism here in just a few moments but after that you'll be at liberty to go take a stop out there and see the table see what the book that they are offering out there help them out they'd appreciate it God will bless you, I'm sure. And uh, I don't know, Pastor. Pastor, he's taking the O'Donnells on. If you're, uh, I think, Brother Josh Quarian, he is uh, the mission coordinator here. If you're not giving your mission, please do keep up with that. Even, matter of fact, if you want to add a dollar or two every month to help out in this situation, God bless you. So after the baptism, you're dismissed if you'd like so. God bless.